citizen, the arrival, chapter 33. After Tracy learned of his family bloodline, his assignment was complete. The next day, a recruiter called. Tracy traveled to Dayton for an interview the following day, and the next day he went to work there. By the end of the week, they asked Tracy to work from home while they got a contract ready for a project. The following week, Tracy was handed a company credit card, and within two weeks of learning the family bloodline, Tracy was off to Washington, D.C. with a job, traveling expenses, and a new direction in life. As Tracy drove from Columbus, decades of memories filtered through his mind. Although D.C. wasn't Tracy's first choice for his next move, it reminded Tracy of the time when he told him to put his waterbed together. Like then, Tracy knew God was up to something and welcomed the opportunity. At the same time, Tracy dreaded what was likely to be involved. In the back of his mind, Tracy thought returning to D.C. meant reconciling with Bobby. He hadn't seen Bobby since Freddie died eleven years earlier. The time before that was at Vera's funeral two years before that. Now that they were gone, Tracy didn't want to revisit his childhood memories of D.C. On the other hand, Tracy didn't want to return to Columbus after his two-week contract was finished, either. Lord, Tracy said, I'm grateful for the progress, and I recognize what you are doing behind the scenes. But if this is what I'm supposed to do, you have to help me. Tracy waited for an answer. None came, but that wasn't unusual. Tracy knew he wasn't under any obligation to respond to his crazy thought patterns. But your thoughts are higher than my thoughts, Tracy added. Little did Tracy know, God had him on a fast track. As Tracy neared D.C., he realized he would be there for dinner, so he called Todd. Over the years, the college roomies caught up with one another every month or so. Todd's diligent study habits transferred into promotions and career advancements, and Todd now lived in a wealthy suburb in a house worthy of manse status. Hey, Todd, Tracy said. What are you doing for dinner tonight? Nothing, Todd said. Why? It happened so fast, I haven't had a chance to tell you. Tracy said. But I'm on my way to D.C. for a two-week contract. How wonderful, Todd said. Once you get settled into your hotel, come over. I can't wait to show you the house. Then we can go somewhere for dinner. After he checked into his hotel, Tracy changed his clothes to match his red sneakers. Then he drove through the planned curves of Todd's neighborhood of 3,000-square-foot homes. Todd answered the doorbell and gave Tracy a big hug. "'It is good to see you,' Todd said. "'You too,' Tracy said, but was distracted by the height. "'Your pictures didn't do this house justice.' 
and Tracy looked down at the shined Brazilian hardwood floors and bent to take off his chucks. You don't need to worry about that, Todd said. Yeah, right. And Tracy took off his shoes. So, Todd said as they toured his home, Sabrina lives down the street. I am sure she would love to come to dinner. That would be great, Tracy said. Good, because I already invited her. It's been a long time. It sure has, Tracy agreed, and they headed upstairs to finish the tour. Just after I spoke with you, I called Granny, Todd said. We hadn't caught up in a while. She told me about your living with your dad and mom in Columbus, and about your contract here in D.C. Tracy listened, because Todd was obviously going somewhere in his careful way. After he showed Tracy his bedroom suite over the garage, they headed back over the catwalk to the opposite end of the second floor. I know this is only a two-week contract, Todd said, but after talking with Granny, and Todd stopped to face Tracy, there are plenty of jobs here that could use your skill set. You don't have to go back to Columbus. And Todd opened the door to the large guest room like a game show model would gesture to see what was behind door number two. So, this is your bedroom, until you buy a house. Tracy's mouth dropped open as Todd showed Tracy his room. Then, Todd's voice went away as Tracy daydreamed. Of course, Tracy was flabbergasted by the opportunity, and he knew there were many jobs in the area. If a contract ended, he could pick up another. More importantly... Now he would have the security of a place to live while he saved up money to buy a house. Meanwhile, Todd went back downstairs, and he showed Tracy the details he would need to know as a housemate. So this is why you were so quiet, Lord, Tracy thought. You got all this set up while I drove here. And then Todd stopped talking. They were standing by the alarm system at the front door. Tracy, Todd said curtly, come back to reality. Tracy smiled and thought it was great to be in the company of a friend who knew him so well. Todd was kind of like Freddy, Tracy thought, but it was more than that. God gives you your family, but you get to pick your friends. Tracy, Todd said again. Do you remember the code? The code? Tracy asked, and then he saw Todd's fingers poised over the alarm keyboard. You know I don't, Tracy admitted. But show me again, and I promise I'll stay right here. That night, Tracy, Todd, and Sabrina had dinner together. The last time the friends gathered was after Todd's college graduation. In that tradition... Tracy did a dramatic reenactment. Okay, Tracy said, and got up from the table. I have to go to the bathroom. But before I go, there is a topic I would like you to discuss. You're both gay. Now, talk amongst yourselves. How did we not know each other was gay? Todd giggled. 
And now I sell pharmaceuticals to gay boys, Sabrina laughed. I guess we have come a long way. Hello everyone, Tracy here. I hope you're enjoying my story. We'll let you know how to support this podcast later. But for now, the best thing you can do is follow us and share it with your friends and family. So if you like what you're hearing, please help us out by telling people about it. And thanks again. But that wasn't the only reunion in store. The next night... Tracy called another lifelong friend, the one he met in first grade. "'What are you doing?' Tracy asked. "'Well,' Tori said, "'I have all my friends here supporting me except one, and now you called.' "'What happened?' Tracy asked. "'Is it serious?' "'Not that serious,' Tori said. "'I just wanted to be a little thinner.' And everything is fine. I just have to be careful what I eat for a while. Well, Tracy said, Guess where I am. Tracy told her, and Tori was beside herself. They had kept in contact over the years, but hadn't seen each other. So the first grade classmates reunited while going to restaurants to try new foods. On Wednesday, they went to church together, where Tori spent all of her free time. Tori didn't tell her mother Tracy was in town, or Bunky, so the two planned their attack. After church, they headed to Mama Rose's house for Sunday dinner. Tori went to the front door and started banging. Bunky! Tori cried. Come open this door! Girl! Bunky yelled as he came through the living room. What are you doing banging on this door? You know we always come in on the side. By the depth of his voice, Tracy realized he hadn't seen Bunky since he was a teenager. Quit your stalling and let me in, Tori yelled. Didn't your mama raise you right? Bunky chided. Acting like a hoodlum in this neighborhood. And he opened the door. Tori stood broad-chested with her hands on her hips to hide Tracy but Bunky's voice belied his adult body. As Tracy peeked through Tori's elbows, he marveled at the towering six-foot-seven-inch man who was easily 250 pounds of muscle. Before Bunky could figure it out, Tori slid to the side and Tracy stood up. Bunky looked as if he had seen a ghost, and then he picked Tracy up and tossed him around like a rag doll. He carried Tracy into the living room before he let go, and Mama Roe came out of her kitchen. What in the world? Mama Roe crooned. But her tall self couldn't believe it, and the room couldn't hold her joy. Eventually, everyone settled down, and Charlie came over. Good to see you, he said, and grabbed a soda from the fridge. Then they ate. Fried chicken, green beans, collards, macaroni and cheese, cornbread, and a big sheet cake. 
nothing had changed in Mama Rose Rancher except Tracy's size, which made the house seem small. After dinner, they went to the finished basement that brought back happy memories. "'Child,' Mama Rose sang, "'I've been praying for you, but shoo, it is good to lay eyes on you.' Hm. And she hummed a little. "'Last time I spoke to Granny, she was saying you were out at your father's in Ohio. "'I bet it was good for you to get to know one another.' It was good, Mama Rowe, Tracy said. And it's truly great to be back here. Your mama always wanted you to get to know your father, Mama Rowe said. But I didn't even know you were coming to town, sugar. And Mama Rowe took a sip of her grape soda. Have you seen Bobby yet? And a hush fell over the room. Actually, Mama Rowe, Tracy said. I was praying about that very thing on the way here. I know there's a reconciliation coming between him and I, but if the Lord don't arrange it, I'm not going to try and birth an Ishmael. In the meantime, I'm going to stay right where I am and enjoy all y'all. Well, Shug, Mama Rose said, that sounds biblical. Come on over here and get yourself another piece of cake. And Tracy smiled. Mama Rowe was always in the Bible, and if his answer was good enough for her, it was good enough for him, and it was great to be home. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to purchase the book, Dual Citizen, it is available on Amazon. Be sure to search for Dual Citizen, The Connection. All three books, The Connection, The Training, and The Arrival, are available in print as well as on Kindle. Dual Citizen, The Connection, is also available on Audible. So, if you would like to skip ahead and see how everything turns out, feel free. But don't tell your friends the ending. Thanks again, and we hope everyone will find their place at the table.